0: So I just knew that I always just had this ability to read people and to read energy. And then I guess when I entered my 20s, I don't know what was going on, but like the gifts just started like pouring in. But I think that I was going through my initiation at that point or the very beginning of it where it was no longer I just read people's energy. It's like now if they come into a room, they knock me out. You know, or I, I can't drink alcohol right now, because if I taste the taste of alcohol, one drop of my tongue takes me to a different place.
1: You're
2: listening to Garifuna Sisters Talk Spirituality. Mapaga fam, welcome to another episode of Garoffin Sisters Talk Spirituality. My name is Stefan Ferosa Cayetano, and I'm here with my sister, the wonderful, the beautiful Kylie Simone. <laughs> hey y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for first time listeners, we started this podcast because Kylie and I, who is my older, younger sister, <laughs> I say that because she's younger than me, but really she's older and wiser and calmer than I, than I am. But we started this show because our family is based in Belize, but we grew up in hmm, a couple countries, right? We grew up in Jamaica and Trinidad. And uh, so we grew up in Lusurnia, which is outside of Garifuna community. And so there are many aspects of the culture, particularly the spirituality aspect that we had a lot of curiosity about and we didn't have much opportunity to learn about. And so in this age of technology and this continuing panoramic, we decided, hey, our extended family knows people. Let's just sit them down on Zoom and ask them questions and share those conversations with the world because that's how we learn and that's what we do.
1: Yeah, this information is not on the internet, y'all. So yeah, it's so easy
2: to find. You can Google Garifuna. You'll find the food. You'll find the music because all that's real good. Yeah, but it's... spirituality is not mm-hmm. as accessible. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm sure there's reasons so, for that, but you know, we we want to there's definitely reasons for that. dive dive deep into it ourselves and do our own research, if you will so we
2: also wanted to hear stories like individual stories from people of what they've experienced because generally speaking the the idea is very negative like oh you don't want the spirits to come for you and it's very fear-based yeah generally speaking the 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 posture towards spirituality is is very much like what did you do wrong and yeah who came to box you down, you know, like what ancestor made you mad or yeah. you made them mad. So in this way, we're, we're hearing a diverse range of very specific stories, but each story is so vulnerable and has so many lessons to share, Yeah, right? So many things that we can learn from. So that's why we started the show. And this is an episode of our modern day Garifuna
1: series. We're running this series throughout November in honor of Garifuna Settlement Day, which is November 19th. It's November 19th, right? It's 19th in Belize. I think it's 20th in Guatemala
2: and Nicaragua.
1: Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Garifuna Settlement Day is celebrated in Belize, Guatemala, and Nicaragua. This series is going to focus on Garifuna women who are transcending tradition by mixing our traditional healing practices with other more modern contemporary moda- modalities. We're evolving as a culture and their individual journeys are an embodiment of that. Their and our, because we, us co-hosts, we are also spiritual beings, so... <laughs> That's all of us. It's a collective. It's a, it's, we're raising the collective consciousness here, guys, and we're, we're talking to young people because if you if you are a newcomer, you know, this is the Modern Day Gare Series and we'll be talking to younger people, but if you listen to a, our episodes from the beginning of our season, our first season, it's mostly older folks. We got a lot of and the traditional... And we love them. Of course. And we got the traditional aspects but now we want to hear we want to pass the mic to the young people you know
2: yeah like what y'all doing and and specifically it's young people in the diaspora yeah every single one in our series were not raised in garifuna community in our original ancestral land i.e belize guatemala honduras nicaragua saint vincent so, you know, what is it like being raised in the diaspora? And what does that mean for our spirituality? Right. It ain't the same as it was before. How does it manifest but-
1: for you? You know, that's. Mm-hmm. that's but question. also
2: it begs the question that our traditional spirituality wasn't always as it was. Right. Like that to evolve over time. Exactly.
1: What we know now you know? isn't how it always was. And so how it right. is now isn't how it always will be. But
2: I believe that spirituality is spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know, and how we connect to the divine is always a individual and collective experience that is just beyond ritual and beyond words. There will always be that, however way, shape or form that comes out, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, deep, deep, deep thoughts, man, deep thoughts. So in this episode, we sat down with Erica martinez Close, our sister-cousin.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, we don't know if she's actually... She's definitely her cousin. We just don't know how. Yeah. We met her in Trinidad. She tells the story in our interview with her. We met her when we were living in Trinidad. And she is a beautiful person who is... She's actually part of my personal soul tribe. She's one of the people that I turn to, along with you, Kai. Yeah. She's one of the people that I turn <laughs> to where I'm like, yo, you know, I received this message from the spirits and like, like what does this mean? Like, am I crazy? I'd be seeing people like, please. Like, she's one of the people to reaffirm that I am not a crazy person because yeah. I still have those moments of like, this can't be. Yeah. Oh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm schizophrenic after all. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this ain't real. Maybe it's just my brain spazzing out because the world is ending oh no yeah so it's good to have people in your soul tribe who are on a parallel journey with you who can yeah. hold your hand and be like nah sis like you know i also be seeing these spirits and they also be saying da-da-da-da-da.
1: yeah you're not yeah. alone i had to hold it together to not sing the song just now <laughs> We already did that in. I know in the previous episode. <laughs> in another episode. In another yes. episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in another, another episode. Yeah. In another episode. Anyway. Although you know. I
2: think at the end of this episode we're gonna blast some chronics. I'm gonna try to make oh it happen my gosh. For, for Spotify. <laughs> you know, yes. My big artist, yes. Yeah, man. So Erica identifies as a wellness practitioner. She is spiritually gifted, and she shares her story of why she calls herself a spiritual practitioner as opposed to a healer, which is, I think, really interesting. Um, Personally, I call her a healer. She is a healer. She just doesn't call herself one, and she explains that. And she's also one half of the podcast called Priestesses Prescribed. I highly recommend it. They bring out episodes... For the new and full moons and they give readings based in astrology and tarot which is really interesting because that is not traditionally Garifuna yeah so in that way she is a modern day Garifuna because she lives in the fusion of her our traditional practice as well as this different modality that I don't think tarot existed in our culture I don't think so if you listeners know otherwise, please let us know. But to my knowledge, this is something
1: new. Yeah. So Anything listen to go? the episode. You know, enjoy it. You know, welcome to our show if you're a first-time listener. My name is Kylie Simone. I'm here with Stefan Barrosa Cayetano. We are the Cayetano sisters, period. Share with your mama and your best friend. I am a little bit. I ate. I have some energy a little bit now. (laughs) So share it with your best friend. Share it with your mom. Share it with your friend who you think is spiritual, who who might be into tarot, who might be into astrology, who might be into spirituality and understanding the universe and all of these wonderful things that are happening while we're in a panoramic, you know? That's what we call the pandemic, guys. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And also share it with people who you know to be interested in Garifuna culture and the people who are wondering, well, what are the young people thinking and what are the young people, you know, doing spiritual wise and identity wise? It's it's definitely a passion question of me, the intersection of identity and culture and living in the diaspora and what that means for different people. That's something that gets my juices going. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, listen, you share this episode with people who are into that kind of stuff. Just share it, please. Let us know. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts.
1: Yeah. Share it with a friend. DM us yeah. on Instagram at gofina sisters podcast on Instagram and Facebook email us and Um, also
2: send us a message letting us know what it means to you to be Garifuna. when this episode comes out you still have a few days to send us a direct message we are collecting these answers for a very special episode about what it means to different people to be Garifuna. so hit us up send us a voice message send us a direct message send us a message (laughs) say hi or Mabuga (laughs) and now on with the podcast we're here with erica the wonderful the beautiful the illustrious erica martinez (laughs) you're blushing Erica, can you tell our listeners far and wide who you are and where you're from?
0: Yes. So my name is Erica Martinez-Close. I consider myself a spiritualist, a spiritual mediator, um, if you like that term, a mystical wellness practitioner, a tarot reader, uh, a, a teacher, and also a student of spirituality and of the universe Um, and i am from the bronx new york my family is from honduras central america Mm -hmm. by way of saint vincent by way of the motherland which is beautiful um i also my father's side of the family they're african-american but blackfoot indian so it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see the all the indigenous energy that lives with inside of me Um, and i'm just so happy to be here it is such an honor to be on this platform and just to, to be able to talk about what being Garifuna means in this day and age. So thank you to the both of you.
1: Of course, girl. So what was it like growing up Garifuna in New York? Did you have an understanding of your heritage? Did you go back to your ancestral land? Were you or your family part of the Garifuna community in New York? And this is a very long question. I'm so sorry about that, but you know, how if at all did this play into your understanding of your identity and your spirituality
0: yeah that is such a phenomenal question um so growing up in the bronx growing up in new york spanish-speaking people everywhere right so my childhood was very much so like an identity crisis because we're in the house You know, my grandma's cooking tortillas and durudia and beans and watching Telemundo. And as a kid, me watching Luz Carita and then going to school. And then my best friend in school, she was Puerto Rican um, in, in what middle school. And then going to what high school? My friends were Dominican and then West Indian. And then, you know, I remember in high school specifically, we had to do like a dance. And my West Indian friends were like, why are you dancing like a Spanish girl? And I'm just like, um, because I am.
1: (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. That's what you, I mean, uh, you grew up around Hispanic people and you are Hispanic also. I mean, I feel like we're all, I mean, I don't know. But (laughs) the way that you grew up naturally influenced the way that you express yourself that
0: just exactly so it was more so like okay i know that when i'm stepping out into the world people look at me as black but when i go home it's very latino but then i don't know that i don't speak spanish so i don't really fit in with you know my lighter skin latina spanish-speaking sisters but then i really connect with the west indian girls but i don't understand patois and I've never really had curry goat before, but I'm gonna try it today. (laughs) You know? So it was it was such an interesting experience growing up. And then once I came to terms with the term Afro Latina, I was like, oh, okay, that's what I am. I was like, finally, like finally I was able to 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 identify myself. Um, and then even seeing like Amara La Negra and like her experience and like her presence, it was so refreshing. And it it was like a stamp on my soul that I finally understood who I was. So growing up in New York was, was beautiful. It is in the Bronx is the coolest place in the world. Um, it really is. And um, although people are terrified of the Bronx, which on the one hand you should be (laughs) on the other hand, you should not be, but it was just a beautiful experience of, um, of like a melting pot of cultures, uh, a fusion of identity. And like you said, Kylie, like I I fully embrace that now. Like I'm just, I'm I'm an Afro-Latina Caribbean Garifuna. Period. Period. (laughs)
1: That
0: just made me so excited. But yes. Oh my God, that was beautiful.
2: I know that's more of a conversation with the Honduran and Guatemalan Garifunas. We don't, we in Belize don't talk about like, are we Afro-Latina? Are we Latina or not? we're not i don't know it's a different understanding of
0: no no no. and i can see that because i what i want to so to answer the second part of your question kylie in reference to like going back home and like connecting with garif a land so in 2015 i believe or 16 uh, my family we had to go back for a sugar but we went to before we landed in honduras we went to belize and then i think guatemala and then belize Um, I mean, excuse me, and then Honduras. So when I got to Belize, I was like, oh, like this is like obviously being in in Garifuna land, but like in the Caribbean. So you can tell even amongst Garifuna people and Garifuna land and connection. Each island has a very, excuse me, each country rather has a very specific way to it um, that I very much so noticed visiting Belize. It was just a completely a different, different place. Yeah. Different and it was beautiful, and I was happy that I could talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed
1: to not being able to talk to people in Honduras?
0: Yeah, because I don't you speak Spanish. Spanish. Oh, and I don't Spanish? speak Garifuna. Um, oh. No, I don't. You speak Spanish at all? No, I do not speak Spanish. And my so on uh, my grandmother's deathbed, she finally regretted the fact that she never taught any of us Spanish. She never taught her kids Spanish because, again... My grandparents came he- to New York City in the 50s. They were teenagers when they got here, so they've been here forever. And in them going through what, like the American experience, the black American experience, the Spanish-speaking immigrant experience, I think they made a decision that we are going to raise our children as black. Because that's the safest thing to do here, right now, at this time. Um, and it was a decision that they made that they held on to. Which is why none of us speak Spanish. My brother's fluent simply because he's like a baby genius and he's just good with languages. <laughs> That's not because he learned. Um, but yeah, so it was tough. It's tough, you know, going to the land, being so connected with Garifuna um, energy and spirituality, but just not even really being able to communicate if someone does not speak English. So I feel that. It's tough.
2: Because you were raised black, did you ever experience a conflict with your Garifuna Nez?
0: Yeah. So what I will say, okay, so the intention, right, was to raise us based off of our skin color. Right. To assimilate based off of our skin color. (laughs) But it's tough to do that when my grandparents spoke Garifuna in the house, you know, everything that we ate was very much so Garifuna Latino when they watched TV, it was all Spanish-speaking TV. So although it was like, it was almost like this weird on-off switch. When you walk into the house, you're Garifuna. When people visit, you know, we're Garifuna and we speak Spanish. But the minute that you walk out the house and you go to school, you're now American. Present yourself as such. Um, But also, you're not, don't be too American now. (laughs) Don't be too American because what you're not going to do is, you know, uh, and that's now the stereotyping of like how and people from immigrant backgrounds look at african-americans you know don't be loud on the bus don't do this don't do that um so it was interesting it was a constant it's code switching it's constant like the assimilation in one space being one way and in another space being another um but then also it's like i was saying i was telling kylie that it's an identity crisis because you're constantly trying to determine who you are in that moment yeah. that sounds difficult
2: it does sound difficult so there was a conflict
0: there was a conflict
2: are you still conflicted now how did you come to it are you still
0: conflicted? No, you know and that's the beautiful thing about evolution yeah I think it was more so just embracing all of it right like all of my friends especially childhood friends were like Dominican Puerto Rican as I started moving to high school they were all Caribbean West Indian because I didn't speak Spanish so I couldn't really hang out with the Dominican girls because I couldn't understand what they were saying so that was like a pivot from like Latino culture to West Indian culture and then by the time I got to college I was very like militant and like into like black power so uh Digesting what it meant to be black in this country, but then seeing the Caribbean Students Association preparing for their culture pot, and I smell jerk chicken, and jerk chicken is my favorite food because I love spicy anything, um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. So and also really, seeing yeah. right, also <laughs> seeing them prepare for like carnival. I don't know what that is, but it looks fun, and I know my grandparents love soca so because it's like punta but not <laughs> you know yeah so because we we in the caribbean are all yeah. one people so the rhythm exactly. is exactly yeah. exactly so i felt the drums in my spirit no matter which drum it was um so then after college and moving to trinidad where i met stefan and kylie which was such a blessing um in itself um now being an american girl in a caribbean space you know what is that but with with a finer hair texture So you get treated differently because you're american but then also i got treated differently because my natural hair is curly so it was like oh you don't have to wear braids you can just wear your hair regular and then also dealing with like colorism and classism um and then moving to grenada which is a really like african black island and seeing um the culture differences between trinidad and grenada and then coming back to harlem You know, oh, man. <laughs> and then still visiting oh, the Bronx from time to time because I got to see my family. So it it almost is like it's it's um because I really do embrace the idea of like pan Africanism and and the beauty of the diaspora. It's just like whatever, like I'm into all yeah. of it. I, I love every aspect of it. I embrace every aspect aspect of it. My partner is Jamaican, like for real, loves chronics very rootsy you know (laughs) um love what's her name savannah Savannah. she's beautiful by by the way love oh yeah love her and like um uh their little crew yes 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 her love them so i get that now in my house you know but then also fusing um god culture into that it's like this is just my life now you know Mm.
2: beautiful I see the wheels turning in your head, Kai. What's up?
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I should ask the questions I want to ask.
0: Or Please. If like
2: ask no, ask the question you want to ask. I told you, these questions are a guideline. I knew I knew the conversation would go okay, sideways. So,
1: Step to the side. I don't know. I feel like living in Jamaica, I'm always hesitant to talk about spirituality because it's... I feel like the conversation can go one of two ways. I feel like either they're like, yeah, you know, because there's a culture of Rastafari here, there are some people with a more open concept of spirituality, and then there are those on the other extreme that are like, "Um, anything that's not Christian and Abrahamic in In the the church church is of the devil, you know? And I'm like, that is obviously false. We know this. But... How, what was that experience like with your partner? Cause I don't know what type of Jamaican, you know, we're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's a, that's a real question
0: too, because the, there's a type. Um, <laughs> oh, come on now. So um, come he- on, I'm glad you said it. No, I'm glad it was, you said it. Here, Okay, I'm
1: not bashing on Jamaica. I love Jamaica, but Jamaicans, listen. But also there are different kinds <laughs> yes. of Jamaican.
0: No, no, it's yes. real. So he is very, so he um, is very Rastafarian in soul growing up Methodist Christian. Um, and I when we met in college, I think that's when he was really going through his spiritual like, now where do I identify? because he had short hair, um, you know, no beard, uh, but connecting so much with Rastafarian culture and the identity and loving um, Haile Selassie and like all of that, he slowly started to grow out his beard. Now his locks are, like, past his shoulders, um, which is just beautiful in itself. (laughs) Um, And in Grenada, I think it also was, like, an evolution while we were there, too, because um, being, you know, it's not Jamaican land, but Caribbean land, and... Being able to uh, see a Rastafarian temple, go there, experience that was like life changing too. So it's interesting. This house is really like a walking dichotomy, but I don't even want to say that. It's more so like we're just so open that if you come in here, one of his best friends is a pastor. So, you know, when people come here, you just feel one, you feel God and two, you feel love and however you want to identify with it we're open to it um and that's what's most important i feel um yeah we're just yeah we're just so open and also like to your point in reference to like you know the conversation can go two ways that was a struggle too for me especially like in the development of my spiritual waking awakening and still to this day like i'll tell people i'm a wellness practitioner. You know and then if they're if they start talking about astrology and i'm like okay just so you know i also read tarot cards (laughs) you know so i i i place it in a pretty box and depending upon how they open it we can go deep or we can stay on the surface uh it's really it's really their choice um yeah it's their choice and their journey too for sure definitely yeah
2: i think when i first met you your term was did you say wellness practitioner i feel like you said something energy related i think you told me that you're like an energy worker at the time yeah
0: it changed you know i feel like every six months it changes let's talk about the evolution (laughs) of the word
2: because wellness in the last in the last what two three years wellness is now a known and recognized industry so it's easy to say as a shorthand i'm a wellness person But before wellness, it was like energy, and then everyone can understand energy.
0: Right, right, exactly. Everyone can understand energy. But even I feel like what when I when we connected. Oh god, that was so long ago. It feels. We
2: should tell that story.
0: Oh gosh, and that that's a divine story in itself. But um, you're correct. Like yeah, yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) I guess the point is there's a level of opening for everyone, and even from like an energetic. Psychic protection standpoint, you can't just come out the gate and being like, you know, I'm a spiritualist because not only can people take it a certain way, um, it opens up a door for a communion of energy that you don't necessarily know if you want to take on as a practitioner. Um, so,
2: or do you have time, or have do you class. have time, right? Are you at a restaurant? Yeah.
0: Right, it like, and like, so there are boundaries to it, too, mm-hmm. yeah
1: has to be otherwise have to protect
0: yourself properly. exactly
1: especially exactly. if it's someone you don't know like who are you who are your people
2: where what's right. energy? what of energy are you bringing I mean, to what is, right is your intention in asking this question exactly
0: right wow. and that's it yeah. intention and also again as a practitioner boundary too i think when i was starting out i was just so happy to to do the work that i didn't care who i was doing it for now Uh, No, no, no. I need to know, like, where are you? (laughs) Yeah. Where are we? Where do you hope to be? And if it's not going to the same energetic stratosphere, then you know what? It's all good. There's somebody for you. That person's just not me.
2: Absolutely. And you're okay with that, and I'm okay with it. (laughs) Well, this is the perfect segue to the next question. So oh this is a loaded question too how did you become aware of your spiritual how did you become aware of spirituality and your spiritual gifts and was it tied to gary spirituality specifically
0: yeah that is such a beautiful question these questions are so beautiful wow um yes so my grandma uh who is an angel and my grandpa at this point they're both just divine angels to me um It started with them so I started living with my grandparents at two Uh, my father went to jail he was incarcerated so my mother my brother and I moved back to the Bronx in the projects with my grandparents and it was thank God for that as well Um, the divinity of just how things shift and change for your safety Um, and my grandmother every morning she would make coffee but she would make three cups she would make one for her, one for my grandpa, and one just stayed on the table. And I was always so every morning, f- every, morning every single morning. Um, and I was always so fascinated. I was like, "Who is this cup for?" And it just stays here. And then after we eat breakfast, like y'all throw it away, but no one drank that. But somebody drank that. I know somebody drank it. <laughs> you know, so or on Christmas or a holiday. You know, everybody will get their food. But grandma made sure, where's the white plate? You know, I need to serve this food out first. And I was like, wow, who's this important person that's coming? Oh, no one? Because it's sitting on the table where the cup is? (laughs) Okay. But then once everybody's finished, we're going to throw that out like somebody ate it. But nobody (laughs) ate it. But I know somebody ate it. Right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, So it really started there. It started from my grandma my grandmother's practice and my grandma she's not she, she, she was a funny character because um, she was the kind of guy from a person that like came to America and though she made it I mean and from her standards she did and she did, and she did. you know by the time we pa- she passed away like we had a house in the Bronx like coming from Travesía like that's that's it you know so um, so she was very much so like I need to be American but you better not forget where you come from, you know. So there were little ways that she went about uh, teaching us about Garifuna spirituality, but I took the most interest in it. So she was very intentional about, you know, that. So if someone got sick, I know there would be a pot, a soup looking pot that was boiling, but there was no soup in it. Cause if you opened it up, it would just like <laughs> leaves and stuff in it. <laughs> And I will also never forget this one time when um, we, I had to have been like in high school or something. And I was sleeping because I'm not a morning person. And I just heard drums in my backyard. And I look out the window, there is this white tent. There's a whole bunch of people out there dressed in white. And I'm just like, what the <laughs> hell is going on outside? And I didn't go outside to look, but I was like, I just knew that something was happening. And I was like, I was cool with it, you know? And I guess there would be little things that when people came to my house, uh, I will never forget a friend said to me one time at her birthday party, maybe we were turning like 20. And she said to me, was, they wanted to pray. She was like, Erica, you pray. Cause you know, your family's real spiritual. And I looked at her like, who told you that? <laughs> like, How do you know? <laughs> you know, who, who told you that? Oh, what did you see when you came to my house that made you think <laughs> that that's true? Now it is true. But what are you seeing right. that I might not be seeing? You know? Yeah. So it really started from just my grandmother's ways. Um, and then it evolved from there.
2: So, how did you discover your spiritual gifts?
0: How did I discover mine? Um, yeah, so um i would say it started i really don't know when it started to be honest um i just knew that i was very sensitive to people's energy um i would know things about people yeah even from a kid like i would know things about people if i didn't want to be around you i was clear About that I was a loner Mm -hmm. as a child someone would, some would say I was miserable as a child maybe I was going through my own traumas (laughs) you know like I was really going through my own stuff and I didn't have anyone to help me navigate through it so um, and also I didn't like people's energy you know and I still don't as an adult like the majority of like the large majority of people and it's their own traumas. It's their, it's their own struggles. It's their own generational stuff that's on them. But I just know I'm very sensitive to it. And in being sensitive to it, I can read you. Um, and some of the stuff that I read I like, but some of it I don't like. So I just knew that I always just had this ability to read people and to read energy. Mm. And then I guess when I entered my 20s, I don't know what was going on but like the gifts just started like pouring in but i think that i was going through my initiation at that point or the very beginning of it where it was no longer i just read people's energy it's like now if they come into a room Ooh. they knock me out you know or i i can't drink alcohol right now because if i taste the taste of alcohol one drop of my tongue takes me to a different place experiencing experimenting with marijuana why do I hear the trees after I smoke this? And why are they talking to me? And why do I see that thing coming out from your head? Oh, okay, this is just something I can't do. Got it. <laughs> you know, like in my once I hit my twenties, it just really, it just like it's like a floodgate opened. Um, and then that same trip to Belize or that sugar trip that my family took, um, the ocean started speaking to me. Like all these things started to happen. And I couldn't understand why my my grandmother, unfortunately, she didn't go on that trip. So she saw it. She saw the gift on me. She was she wasn't she didn't have enough strength to go on that trip. So I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. I think other people in my family just you know thought of it as like oh you know don't don't think too much about it. Like if if you if you if you think about the spiritual aspects of Garifuna, mm. it'll overtake you. So it was almost like a, you're Uh-oh. doing this, you're doing it, not this spiritual moment is really happening to you uh but it got to a point when we were in Belize and like the ocean was speaking to me all night and one of my cousins who is not a bouya go- go- what do you call ebu oh. yeah yeah um i asked her i said you know i feel like so much is going on around me i'm here in the ocean she's like you're supposed to um you're supposed
1: you're to you're supposed to
0: <laughs> right yeah she said you're supposed, you you're supposed to exactly and then that's when she was like you know I thought that the spirit was on you but you just confirmed it to me and at the sugar or rather when the sugar was over um, I think I can say this because this is a guide from a podcast when everything was closed and the ancestors took the blessing um, they said to me specifically that I had to wear three things I had to wear white every day for a year that I have a lot of ancestors around me and um, that I have to come back to uh, Honduras eventually to complete this process, which I still have not done, <laughs> but it will happen sooner than later, all in, due time. all in due time. So, um, I think that's when I was, and that was the sugar closed out on my 25th birthday. And that's when I guess. The my ancestors confirmed to me that yes you have a gift it was my 25th birthday
2: so here we are (laughs) um so they said that you were gifted they did not say specifically what gift no not at all okay um no so lately i've navigated away from asking our guests uh what are they like what title they have because i think traditionally i think from what i know everyone gets a title like you're a gayusa, you're a buye you're an onagale i.e messenger you're an ebu like you're a like a thing a a drummer but I'm, I'm starting to feel like that's a limited question to ask and also because if we're all spiritual beings which we are then we're all gifted in some way shape or form beyond just a title um but no that wasn't that didn't lead to a question i thought it would i just wanted to say that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no you're right because it's limiting
2: yeah but you call yourself a spiritualist
0: yeah yeah or i really call myself a practitioner or a healer
2: you would say you're a healer
0: well you're a priestess i'm i i like when I'm out in the world, I call myself a practitioner. I think I like the term spiritualist, but again, it goes back to like the person's ability to receive that. Everyone can receive practitioner, and then it's also like an ego thing too, or a humility thing rather. Like I don't want to go around calling myself a healer or a spiritual. Yeah, like that's my ego is not aren't attached you a to it. Though? Well, I I totally I totally am. And I'm okay if other people refer to me as, as that, but I I'm uncomfortable with like owning that title, um, simply because okay. like there's so many there are so many phenomenal like uh, practitioners and elders in this world that like Alanya Van Zandt, she's a spiritualist Auntie Anne Link, yes. you know like know. She, she that's her I'm not there yet. So part of me is like along this journey for me to prematurely call myself that is um it's not fair to my journey and it's also not fair to the work that people like her have done. Yeah.
2: So then Erica, how do you heal people? What are your in your words, you call it modalities in your podcast, which we'll talk about later. But how do you heal people?
0: How do I heal people? I would say that again creating space for people in conversations i'm learning that my purpose is through sharing my stories and sharing my wisdom which is so strange to think that i even have wisdom but you have lived girl yeah i realize that (laughs) you know in conversations and doing these episodes and speaking to people like yeah i've lived in a an intense way um but yeah, creating space for conversations around spirituality and energy that guide people through their journeys in a very tangible way. Like I take I take the concepts from like out the sky and I bring it to the ground and then nicely package it in the way that that person needs to receive it. If they're willing to receive. If they're not, again, I'm not for you. That's somebody else's job. But definitely... The taboo, the intangible, the big concepts—helping people break them down in a way that's applicable to them. Hence, priestesses prescribe.
2: So, priestesses prescribe. Talk a bit about your podcast.
0: Yes. So, the podcast, which started off as like a complete hobby, it was just like, oh, you want to do a podcast? I want to do a podcast. Referring to my co-host Alex, like, let's just do it. You know, so (laughs) it started off as something that was just fun, interesting, different, uh, that I was just a risk that I was willing to take and then it evolved into something that people really listen to. And it blows my mind (laughs) that people listen to it. And I have to take a step back every time I look at our metrics to say like, whoa, people are really listening to what we have to say. They're writing in to say how hopeful it was and then applying it to their life to make it better. There's there that um, has just been a gift to my soul and my purpose that I could have never imagined. So the podcast has changed my life. Clearly it's changing other people's um, and I'm just grateful to be able to have a platform that people are willing to listen to you so on your podcast which
2: i am a regular listener of guys go
0: listen to her podcast
2: uh you're you're the one half that does the tarot reading so for those who don't know you know pause this episode Uh, switch to the other part of wherever you're listening to from and type in priestesses for scribe and listen to Erica and her co-host Alex. So typically Alex will give the astrology report Uh, usually surrounding the full and new moons and then erica gives a tarot reading so how did you get into tarot i I already know the answer to this question but please tell the people
1: yeah and
2: and what do your people like what does your family (laughs) have to say about this because this is not traditional
0: no so how did i start tarot? so um i At the beginning of my spiritual journey, or maybe even right before, I had like a consultation with a psychic, and she was saying how we're such kindred spirits, and I
1: was like, (laughs) okay girl,
0: whatever. (laughs) But at the end end of the conversation, I really felt that connection to her, and she said, you need a tool. You need a tool. And she um, said, oracle cards. And I was like, okay, I'll try them. So I got the oracle cards and I was like, yeah, this is cute. Like, because oracle cards are more about like themes and like big ideas of big energetic concepts. And then as I was doing my research, I learned about tarot cards. So I decided, let me have my brother. Let me tell my brother to gift me <laughs> a deck of tarot cards because you're not supposed to buy your own. Your very first deck. Someone is supposed to gift them to you. Um, so I manipulated him into gifting it to me. <laughs> so, um, and my first deck was the Tarot of the Orisha, uh, which is a very different tarot deck. Because again, um, like the major arcana, which are the, the larger themes or cycles of life and journey. Um, and the minor arcana, they were, they were very African. And it was honestly, it's a deck that I would not suggest anyone getting for their first one please don't do it. It's very intricate, very difficult. Um, Instead of uh, the like the queen of swords, it's the queen of air. So you have to make those connections um, Ah. in reference to the elements and things like that. Um, I believe like what the empress was, yeah, yeah. You know, so again, it's a lot with colors and themes and symbols and things like that. Um, So it's super intricate and I just, got lost in it. And eventually, um, as I started to like read for other people and they would say, yes, like that's happening. And I was just like, this is real. (laughs) You know, like this is real. Like this is not, I'm not making this stuff up, you know? So between that and the intuition and then reading for other people, but then also reading for myself and completely disregarding the things that were coming up because I didn't want to hear it. But then the way that life played out, you know, it was very it was very true and it was very real. So it it just started off as a tool that I, I another practitioner suggested that I get to hone my skills and it definitely worked. And as for my family, uh, I think when I first started using them, it was more of like a confirmation, like, oh, okay, this is what Erica does. It wasn't really like no one said to me Like be careful with those. And even my grandma, I sort of like hid them from her (laughs) initially,
1: so she didn't really
0: see them. Um, And then eventually I would just leave them around um, or I decided to redo or make an altar in her room and then incorporated my tarot cards and crystals and like her statue of saints and things like that. And she was super open to it. (laughs) And she was like, whatever. You know, so oh, it really beautiful. it really started on on that journey. But if I had to say anything, uh, the, the strongest gift that I actually have is creating altars. It's just not something that I do as often anymore. Um, but the tarot cards were sort of born out of that.
2: The tarot cards were born out of the altars. I'm, wait, I'm confused. Yeah, meaning
0: um, the gift really started to show up in the creation of me making altars for, like, myself. I, so I've always had an altar in my room. So this conversation is good because you asked me, like, oh, when did it really start? It really started because I was creating altars. It was always a, a sacred space in my room ah. or a sacred space in our house that, like, was an altar. And I, it would always be, like, my job to, like, take something off or put something on. Like, I just became, I don't know why okay. I was so interested in doing that. Um, And then I eventually, in learning, I realized, oh, these are altars. Oh, and I'm creating them. Okay. And this is a vessel for energy? So was
2: it that you had the first altar or it was your grandmother's altar that you
0: added onto? So my grandmother was the person who had the altars originally.
2: I taught you about having altars. She never taught me. It
0: was more so like my grandmother was... By, yeah, yeah. Uh, by I mean. Exactly. So she would teach me you by. watching
2: you saw and you're like, okay.
0: Exactly. So I knew like, okay, the seasons would change or Palm Sunday came, okay, so it's time to throw these off and put these palms on. Got it. Okay, instead of the food being on the table, can we put it here? Because this seems like a really sacred space. So there's a lot of warmth coming from this corner. Mm-hmm. Let's put this here. So I started. It really started um, that way. And I, when I was a kid, like I was really afraid of throwing away crosses which was, I thought it was like blasphemous. It's like the Catholic in me. So I would collect all the crosses I would have in the house and like put them in like on one table. (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually I would put like, like, you know, special pieces of jewelry on it. And then I would put flowers on it. And then eventually I realized like, oh, I'm creating something that grandma has like in her house. And then eventually, um, as I started learning and also helping people with their altars like, your altar is supposed to be a physical manifestation of your spiritual practice. It should never mm. look like anybody else's. So, if you're a Christian, put Jesus on it. If you're a Rastafarian, you know, put whatever you need to put I on it. Me. Right. Yeah. If you don't believe in any of that, and if actually, if you're an atheist or if you just believe in divine energy, um, put the word thank you. You know, but there needs to be a sacred space, in my opinion, in your home just to invite that energy in. Uh, And I started like really seeing that as a kid, but I just didn't know what I was doing. So that's the real answer of how it started.
2: The real answer of how your spiritual manifestation started, it was through altar making. So when did you consciously realize all of this? And when did you start helping people make altars i think you were advertising yourself but not not advert yeah you were advertising on instagram for a while there like help let me help you make an altar Um, in a past
0: life even though it was just last year (laughs) yeah um that so i um when i was in college i um I, i went into uh like a rites of passage program an african rites of passage with um i think what nine other people Um, So you can think of it as like a modern day American uh, coming into womanhood and manhood. So very similar to a sorority or fraternity, but not. It thrives on five principles, humility, forgiveness, wisdom, spirituality, and I'm forgetting the last one. And throughout that process, we were learning traditional African practices and then figuring out how to make them modern to where we are in this current space and like we just started learning about like altars and like what they mean and why they're so important for african spirituality or spirituality as a whole and why they're so important to connect you to a greater power and i was like oh crap like i've been doing this all my life and i've always had an altar in my house you know um and as i started to ground myself in what my idea of spirituality was and sort of owning my practitionership and wanting to help other people at that time, that was the only way I knew how. So I would ask people like, Oh, so how do you see God? How do you see the universe? How do you see divinity? Okay. You like crystals? Well then let's where, where's the sacred space in your room? All right, let's set it up, you know? And it became that simple really. Um, and then, over time i realized that there was a gift in that like that wasn't something that everybody could do so it sort of takes other people to look at you and say like oh wow like you really created something beautiful to realize that that was something special
2: it's interesting how what began intuitively is something that is intentionally done within the african diaspora and beyond not just the african diaspora but you know we are descendientes, so yeah exactly so yeah um like setting water. There is a friend that listened to an episode of our show and was like, Oh yeah, I've been setting water ever since and I never knew why. And I listened to your podcast and I realized that it's actually a thing and not just me in my head being weird. That's beautiful. so it's it's nice to get that kind of confirmation. Circling back, I had asked you how you heal, and you said that you take these big concepts and you I'm gonna paraphrase, this is what I understood that you said. Maybe you said something completely <laughs> different. <laughs> You take these big concepts and you transform them into something digestible for the person to then heal and evolve and continue along their journey. Is tarot your main medium of doing this? And I kinda wanna, is tarot and altar making your main medium of doing this?
0: Yeah, Um. yeah, so that is what I do. And like, even like the concept of an altar, right? Like. People think of an altar, like, oh, this big thing in a church or a sacred space that you can't really touch and only the pastor is supposed to go up there. Like, that's the big concept. That's the tabooness. And it's like, no, that could just be in your house, <laughs> you know, in a sacred way that identif- that you identify with. Um, that's just a really great example of how making something big into something tangible. Um, but it's tarot and altar making the, the, the main ways? They used to be... Um, along this journey like it's interesting the way that spirit would hit me a decade ago is not the way that spirit connects with me now so i know like tarot is a tool tarot is definitely a tool um and can i use it and interpret it well yeah um but at this point does it feel like like i plateaued with it yeah You know, because it's not, it's not, it's not, it's a tool. It was a tool a decade ago. Right now, at this point, after hours and hours, I don't want to say this concept, but I I will for the sake of analogy. Like, you master a thing. And in mastering it, like, you move on from it. So, um, I would say that the main tool is energy. Because that one I've yet to master. (laughs) Like, I I can't yet sit in a room with, like, someone who's, struggling and sit still and not be affected by it. Like once I get to that place, Lord call yeah. me home <laughs> because that, that has to do with energetic boundaries. Exactly. Like then not my just work is done. Boundaries, yeah. Um, yeah. But with alter making and like, those are just tools and those are just like quick, in my opinion, quick and easy ways to help people. Um, but the, at this point in life, it's really about tapping into someone energetically and intuitively with boundaries, um, and then helping navigate traumas, helping navigate the spiritual psycho space, right? Because that's very much so connected. If the brain is wounded, the heart is wounded, the soul is wounded, right? Um, so how do you, who do you go to to unpack all of that? You can go to your therapist, you can go to your preacher, your rabbi, your elder, right? But then, you know, that's for the spirit. But who's helping you with your soul? That's more mm-hmm. of energy work. And that's sort of the space in which I dictate. Um, so, really, my main tool at this point is energy. And I just utilize tarot and like altar making and things like that to help me diagnose the mm-hmm. soul wound. You touched on what was the second
2: half of my question that I forgot, which is how do you experience spirit? yeah and it's fascinating. I'm glad you said that it has changed for you over time because I feel like so many people think it's one way and one way only.
0: Not at all. Um, right now, so uh, spirit is my best friend like and and that's the relationship that I want everyone to have with their higher power. Like you gotta look at God, the universe, whatever you might deem it as like your bestie. If you're looking at it from a concept of, like, this person is so much higher than me and there's no way that I can live up to the expectation wrong. Like, and that's where that um, I am concept, like, I am. I am is the higher power. I am. So we are, you know? Like, that's that's how that comes into it. My relationship with spirit is one of, like, laughter... Like, if you ever really heard me pray, you'll be like, girl, that's how you pray? (laughs) Like, that's how you talk to God? Like, yes, because God is my friend, (laughs) you know? Yes. So um, my relationship with spirit is really light, um, friendly, but still respectful and still filled with gratitude and still filled with a lot of humility because it's like that friend who who is all-knowing. Um and in being all knowing, I have to revere that.
1: My mm-hmm. friend that got your
0: back. Right. And in like rever- for real for real. For real, for real. Like yeah. like there's no human being on this planet that could ever have me or hold me in that way. It just doesn't exist. Um so that relationship is so sacred, but like a friend, you forget to call. Like a friend, you have to reconnect. Like a yeah. friend
2: Sometimes you drop the
0: ball, right? We go to different fa- We go through different phases in our life, right? And then, like, how do you reconnect with your friend that you had in childhood in your womanhood, or you know, like, so that that's the thing about the friendship, and I think that's the the breaking down the big concept of your relationship with spirit or your relationship with the creator to understand that at different phases of your life, your relationship with spirit will look very different. And you're going to have to have times when you reconnect. There are going to be times where um, you and your friend may not see eye to eye because you want something or you want to be in control in this 3D world. And your all-knowing friend is like, that ain't it. So you're going to be mad at me, but you're going to forgive me because that's what this relationship because you were is right. right. Because you were right. <laughs> right the spirit was right. 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 And also having enough humility to know that that all-knowing friend was correct and that you were wrong. So it, it's such a divine relationship that, that just transcends time, space, obviously. It transcends so much. Um, but if people can just grasp the concept of spirit as your best friend, the world would shift tomorrow. Wow. Really would.
1: You know, that's part of the reason why I didn't want to pray earlier. Because I'd be praying like, hey, girl. You know, <laughs> me too. What's going on? You know, Wait. I don't know. Like, I'd be embarrassed because I'm like, I, I'm i comfortable praying by myself. And I'm comfortable praying with Steph. No, but Steph you
2: could have done that. It's and... us.
1: No, but like, you it's know. It's like, hey, God, what's good? What's good? What's popping, you know how I am. You know? But I'm going to tell you anyway, because that's what exactly. I got to do. You know, I know it's been a minute. We haven't talked in a while. Let me catch you up. You know, right. I know Absolutely. you see it, but you know, like, you let me tell know. you, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know?
0: exactly. but the thing is, that's the judgment, though, because again, people have such fixed ideas of what spirit is supposed to be. And I hear what you're saying, Kylie, in reference to like, you get afraid to do that. It's like a, it's the authenticity of your relationship. But the thing yeah. about it is, people need to see that because people need to see that there's that um, the relationship is is different, different and it's an evolution. And yeah. if and if I can have this sacred relationship that's not based off of fear, that's full off that's fully based in love and likeness, you can do it too. And honestly, if you're judging me for the way I talk about God, then you really need to shift your way of communicating with God. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah>. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I, but I hear what you're saying because it's that it's that that space of judgment um, and how people want to so hold on to this this fear-based concept of of spirit and god
1: yeah Yeah.
2: in my childhood like in in high school because we went to a catholic school in jamaica it's like lord father you know god of abraham god of the all of the angel like you know this whole litany of like You spend half an hour just (laughs) all of the ten thousand names of what is God. Right. And then another half an hour of you is mighty. You is glorious. You is da 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 which I guess has its place, but then you don't really get to the meat of the matter. (laughs) No,
0: not at all. And that's like uh, a lot of
2: preamble. (laughs) It's a lot of preamble, that's what it is. A lot of intro. Right, and that
0: and I mean and cool, like okay. And again, I'm not judging, so that's the way that you want to connect with, through, the, through Abraham and all his Except I don't, I don't know, know if it. that
2: is connection, though. If you're spending so much time
0: in the preamble
2: and not in the... You know, like, when we, when we wrote an essay in high school, no. you have a whole page of an introduction and you never get to the main body. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're supposed to have an intro, the main body, then the conclusion, more or less.
0: Yeah. But you got your thesis a statement. That's the thing people don't want. And that's the point of mystical wellness, spiritual work, in general. Like We have to understand that people don't want to get to the meat and the body. Like People like to stay on the intro and the conclusion because it keeps people safe. To get to the body and to get to the meat might mean that somebody was wrong. Might mean that someone has to take a humility pill. Might mean that you have to rid yourself from judgment. It might mean that you have to um, level up your levels of discernment. It might mean that you need to break away from the spiritual community that you've been a part of all your life. That might mean ridicule and judgment and isolation and being ostracized. Like, there's so many things that come with the meat, which is why a lot of people don't do this work. And even with that, you got to forgive this universe, which is why people and the space of this world is the way that it is. Because it goes back to, to do the work means unlearning so much and people don't necessarily want to do that because then their reality will be shattered.
1: Yeah.
2: You and I have this conversation yeah. all the time, Erica. Yeah. It's like, why don't, why don't people want to heal? Why are people running away from healing? Cause it's hard. Cause it's hard as hell. Cause then That's you have to I face don't... yourself and your demons and your darkness.
0: And face your family. Ooh, that part, come on. <laughs> you know? So there's that too, <laughs>
1: you know. Listen, shadow work is a work,
0: work, okay? okay.
2: Oh. And it's continuous, oh, and yeah,
0: that's that another thing. Stop. It's forever, and that's a hard. Comm- people don't want to commit to relationships, you know. People don't want to commit to a diet or a well, healthy wellness life. So who really wants to commit to this idea of this consistently evolving space of growth? Yeah, that's not something that a lot of people are signing up for. And I understand it. I understand it. You know? It's life.
1: Kind of related, but a little bit unrelated. Last night I was thinking a lot of about a lot about how I got here. And when I say how I got here, I mean like <laughs> mentally. It's like I've always been very self-aware and just like. I don't want to say analytical, but I think about things very logically. But at the same time, I've always been very open to spirituality and so it was like how why are how are there people in this world that don't see themselves mm. and see how they can improve if that makes any sense. Like I don't know, like that's where I that was the baseline for me. <laughs> Yeah. That was, uh, that was where I started. <laughs> so, so, you know, I don't know. I'm just rambling now.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. But that's so real though. And I, and what I'm learning, or I, I literally just heard this yesterday or the day before I'm reading a book, it's called daughter detox. And it's really about like, um, it's a book to help, uh, women who have like maternal lo- wounds in their family um, or like narcissistic mother abuse between like mothers and daughters it's, it's a tough dynamic for a lot of people so I was reading that and it was basically saying like a lot of like mothers who are like controlling or dismissive or emotionally absent or emotionally unavailable it is because in their consciousness they're actually thinking that they're doing something correct so when you have no conscious awareness of emotional awareness you then truly believe what you're doing is accurate
1: yeah
0: and that's how this stuff and I was just like wow like there's there are people in this world who are so lacking in self-awareness that they think that everything they do is correct mind-blowing that was mind-blowing to me I think everything I do is wrong (laughs) Like I think everything I do, well, that's trauma. I think everything I do is wrong. Yeah. But then also that's the like, other side of the pendulum, right? Other side. But then I also think everything. I always am hyper aware of what I'm doing, how I'm saying it, and how that can affect somebody else. But there are yeah. people in this world who don't even bat an eyelash at it, At that.
1: Man, sometimes I wish I was ignorant. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. People don't be knowing and I just know random things like I don't know how I know what I know but I know.
2: <laughs> there is a meme there is a meme that I came across the other day that says uh, like the therapist says, "Wow, you're very self-aware." And then you say, "Yeah, that's part of the problem." Cuz it is a problem, like, of course I know. <laughs> and it's too much. I'm overwhelmed by what I know. I don't want exactly.
1: to
0: know. It's tough. We just
1: cue the overthinking yes. in my case. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let me speak for myself.
0: <laughs> but no, that's it's beautiful. Self awareness is beautiful, and never stop being that way. We had talked
2: about spirit earlier and how you experience spirit. Do you also experience the spirits? Because I realize I didn't. Mm-hmm. I I didn't distinguish spirit as in great spirit, God slash creator, and spirits like ancestors, yeah. dead people, good dead people, not the bad dead people. <laughs> Yeah. There are good spirits and bad spirits.
0: Um I used to. I used to, especially when I was going through my initiation process, or like that year that um the governing buoyer of the sugar stated that I needed to wear white. So I felt spirit all the time. Like, ooh, it was it was tough. You felt, felt spirit, spirit or you felt tough. the spirits. Spirits. Felt the spirits. No, no, I mean like okay. the spirits, like ancestors, energy. And that's when I was in Trinidad as well. so I was very co- constantly close close to the water. hello, I'm living on an island so and, and in <laughs> full on nature in the tree so it was very like exacerbated. Um, so yeah, I would feel it feel spirit's energy all the time. now, not so much. but I also feel for me, um, I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed like yeah, that's not my way and if i do something is about to happen like that's how it happens for me you're not supposed to what now feel spirits right so basic so um in the rites of passage that i was talking about like you get a different name or you get an, an additional mm-hmm. name like your african name and my name is Zayidah and it means the drums have sounded and when I, and I, no matter if I'm a part of that community at this point in my life or not, the name is etched in my soul and it's just who I am. Um, and one thing I learned about the drum is that the drum calls community. It calls, it's, it's, you know, it's a sign like something is beginning, the party has started, or something has come to a close. But if the drum sounded every single day, the community would not listen because you're used to hearing the drum beat so for me in relation to spirits and like ancestors and things like that it's very similar to the drum when i hear that drum beat i know okay uh we need to get the family together something's not right or something as beautiful is about to happen but similar to the drum beat it can't happen for me all the time so um during that specific time in my life it was happening all the time because i had to get used to the patterns and the rhythm so i could discern what was happening Versus what's not happening. So it, it it's the drums are very quiet nowadays, but that's a good thing. We want the drums to be quiet. <laughs> we don't want the drums to sound because when the drums sound, that means that there's a lot of the work that the community needs to do, and I'm okay with that happening once every ten years. <laughs> We're good. We are good. So yeah, so I I don't feel them too much anymore, and I'm okay with that. That's good. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I remember the days when
2: you were overwhelmed.
0: How do you do it, Steph? Because I... Yeah. Yeah. It's a quiet. Yeah, they're quiet. They're quiet
2: now. How do you heal yourself? Or how do you you take care of yourself after you heal others? Is there like a whiplash?
0: Yeah. There used to be. And I think that's (laughs) a lot of... um, I'm not doing that work as much anymore. Or the work has evolved, right? So I, I don't have as many one-on-one clients. I still, the clients that I've had, I've had for years at this point. Um, so that that work happens far and few in between. So I know I have, like, I literally have a client next week, and this is the first time I've seen her in a year. Um, so I'm, I'm gearing myself up energetically for, like, how I'm going to feel after that. But I think the quick things have always been, like, spiritual baths, um, essential oils, that's a part of my toolkit as well. I love aromatherapy, love the power of plants and what they can do.
1: You had told me about that when I first met you. Uh, I remember that.
0: Yeah. Cause I was super heavy, like into, it. I still am, but again, it goes back to like tools. Like, you know, yeah. I needed them at the moment and now like I'm well, more well versed in it. So I don't think about it as much, but I think at this point, stillness really, um, resting, stillness and resting they have been my saving graces recently a day that I can just sit in silence is better than a drink of water in a desert Um, it's beautiful it's a powerful image yeah it's it's beautiful Um, I love it I wish I could I still wish I was I had a balcony and I was living in the Caribbean as I was doing it I'm living in (laughs) wild ass rowdy Harlem <laughs> so it's a little bit different which is why the time is a lot more sacred because I don't have the trees I don't have the mountains I don't have the ocean water I can't just walk five minutes to the beach like I did in Grenada like for me to get go to a beach now I actively have to get on a plane you know granted I can go to a beach in New York but no um, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. No. No. So, um, no. No. now, now life is a lot more quiet. It's a lot more still. It's a lot less spiritually taxing. And I like it like this, you know? I love that for you. I love the Thank you. Cause I love that for me too. Cause I was tired. <laughs> I was tired, but now I, I listened, I re-listened yesterday to, a, um, a reading that I had done over a year ago and the practitioner said to me you have to stop equating purpose with hard work you gotta stop because that's why you're always tired and she was like your purpose can be easy and smart Mm -hmm. and now I know exactly what she's talking about I love that I'd be chilling, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. I'd be chilling.
2: (laughs) Your initiation was very, I want to say chaotic, hectic. And I think what listeners can take from your story is that it does get easier and calmer and quieter.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Especially, especially, especially when you have um, the right people around you helping you along this process. And that's one huge person in my community. That's Stefan for sure. Like, I have no idea where I would be Soul with tribe. Tribe. you. Like, Soul tribe, tribe. you know, for real. And Kylie, you are my sister. It's solely because <laughs> you are a, a, another living spirit connected to Stephane, but connected to our ancestral land. So I literally look at you as a sister. I feel that way about Trina. Although she's not on this podcast, I love her.
1: Yeah, that's our sister.
0: My (laughs) goodness, this 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 process, especially this transition into womanhood, Garifuna womanhood, trying to fuse the two worlds together, it would have been—I don't know where I would have been without um, the community and the soul tribe that I currently have. So Trinidad was always such a gift to me, and I look at that as such a sacred time because that's where I met all of you and yeah. trinidad was such a struggle for me i know it was a, a struggle for staff i don't know about you kylie yeah if it was okay so it was trinidad <laughs> was a, it was a struggling time yeah trinidad is a special place that
1: was high school need i say more right. oh
0: <laughs> well there you go you were struggling the most <laughs> high school Listen, high school the a demon in f- itself <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's okay true. um teenage life yeah but it just made it made the process so much easier and even though it was so short it was such a short time it was it was only like six months yeah it was we were physically connected i met you like in
2: the march March, yeah and and
0: then then we all left left that
2: summer
1: how did you guys meet you
2: haven't told Ooh. that story yet. Tell the story. Okay, so I'll tell it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. The spirits spoke to her. Right,
0: right. They, they, sh- okay, so listen. <laughs>
2: Such a good, yes. so good. It was intern. It was international women's week in March of 2017. So
0: yes, international women's week, but maybe like two weeks before then, I was actively having conversations and working with my therapist on um, finding community in Trinidad because I was so lonely. All I had were the people I worked with and they were lovely but like that those are from the hours of nine to five and in Trinidad from 9 to 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you know you know. If, no, you, know, if you know you know. You know. If you know Trinidad, you know. Right, <laughs> Caribbean, yeah. right. Caribbean time is Keep different. Going. After lunch? No, 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 no.
2: Trinidad, specifically Trinidad, it's different cuz it's right. not after so lunch, in Jamaica. Anyway. After
0: lunch we chill. So <laughs> So uh, I was actively working with her on that. So I was like, "All right, so she was helping me like, you know, you got to go on dates by yourself. You got to hang out by yourself." So I said, "Okay." So I stumbled maybe one day after work i went to a restaurant and i saw that they were having an international women's event i went to get dinner and i was talking to the woman and she was like yeah we have a whole bunch of events like come to this one on saturday i was like okay she was like yeah it's about head wraps and like the significance of yeah. of black women women of the diaspora wrapping their head and i was like oh perfect i'm got to when I don't have my wig on, my head is wrapped up, (laughs) you know, so this is perfect for me. So, so, so I remember that Saturday waking up so excited, excuse me. I planned my outfit and I remember I was in the mirror getting ready. I think I was like putting on mascara or something. And I said to myself or like spirit came over me and said like prima, prima. And I was like, why is that happening? But okay. It was, it was a literal voice. Clear audience, and I was like, "That would be so crazy if I met someone like a family member in Trinidad." So I held on to it. We move on. So now I get to the event, and I think I asked a question, or I was saying Yes, there something. was a there
2: was a Q and A.
0: Right, there was a Q and A. There was a Q and A, and you I asked a question. I asked a question. I was I I forgot what I asked, but I remember in the moment I said like, "Yeah," because you know, my family. Like, our tradition we're like a subculture I was trying to explain because I didn't know if anyone in the room knew what being Garifuna yeah. was um, and then I was sort of explaining like the intricacies Honduras you, were sp- you said Honduras specifically right and I said like Car- Carib and Arawak indigenous people and then Steph turned around and she said are you Garifuna and I was just like <laughs> yes I was like are you and she said yes and so I was like Bren! <laughs> i was like oh my god and since that moment it's been inseparable oh my well, god okay let me
2: let me let, let me let me tag on to that so i was like "Ooh, you were like yeah I'm prima like cousin but we'll talk we'll talk after like finish your question finish your question you finish your question the woman answered the question the q a finished, and then we met outside and i was like you're my cousin <laughs> you're Garifuna you're my cousin you're like yeah you know who are your people what's your last name Yeah. <laughs> what's your mom's name what's your grandma's All you, know, like, girlfriend, girlfriend people, you know like Garifuna normal Garifuna people you know when you mean another Garifuna person it's like you must be my cousin
0: I don't uh-huh. know how let me call my mom real quick <laughs> find out exactly how exactly uh-huh. I was
2: like mom are we related to any Martinez <laughs> in
1: Honduras
2: Cause we're definitely related. I don't know yeah. how, but we're definitely related. But we are. There were only so many ships. And it was. It was instant. It was instant. Instant magic. Cause we. I don't know how we. I think it was instantaneous. You were like, "Yo, like spirit told me," and I was like, "Ooh, you said spirit. You believe in spirits. Like, let's talk more." Right. Because not everybody,
0: you know. Yeah. Not every guy a person. Yeah. Is yeah. Not every. I also remember when you invited me to your house for dinner. And i was like oh my god this is like a pl- a parallel universe <laughs> like it was like i was like wow i was when i saw your dad i was like oh my god he looks so much like my grandpa and when i saw your mom i was like she, she looks so much like a cousin of mine and when i met trina i was like oh my god that's my auntie carmen I, and I, when i met kylie i was like oh my god that's my that's wesley <laughs> like the y'all yeah. interaction as like siblings That is me and my brother, hands down. But also, also, generally
2: speaking, Garifuna people—if you know what to look for—we have a look.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I
2: think because we intermarried, low low key incestuous, low key, just on the lowest of
0: keys. Lowest. We we all look alike. All of us. All of us. We all look alike. alike so it was so beautiful it was yeah. just and i remember walking into the event and i saw you i was like oh my gosh she's so beautiful i still remember your hair was like up you had on these earrings <laughs> i think it's like a hundred percent something that's what i'm saying because no, i would have saw i would have like natural.
1: It yeah, 100% yes natural.
0: those yeah. were them yeah, i was like oh my yes. gosh I'm, she's so I'm, beautiful yeah. i remember because so i
1: stole
0: those remember. earrings yes
1: you know.
0: <laughs> siblings
2: yeah you siblings <laughs> it's mine now yes, for real, yeah, for real. <laughs> But what was beautiful is that from the jump you and i would talk about spiritual things and our spiritual struggles like you see spirits like how do you and like have you and da yeah. we were each other's supports like to this day when we talk i am reminded that i'm not crazy right. because yeah. i always feel every once in a while
0: mm-hmm.
2: every full moon Same i'm like, like is this real mm-hmm. is this my life is this real life or am I just batshit, lost my mind? Schizophrenic, but no. So it's good to have a soul tribe, find your soul tribe. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes,
0: yes. And can I say, I've so since we've left the island, I, I've i only seen Steph once. And she, cause oh she had God. a layover yeah. in New York City. But that was the most divine, what, three hours? <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful so our friendship our sisterhood our soul sisterhood literally survives over the phone which is beautiful and what's that and
2: it doesn't feel that way
0: i don't know why because it, it's soulful connection that's why. is connection it's soulful. exactly
2: yeah but there are different kinds of connections and that's okay but a soul connection you know catching up once a month and
0: it's it's quality quality over quantity exactly and at this point of our journeys like we're everybody's busy like we you know like life is happening you we're know all in going 6 months it. my god like who knows what life will look like for all of us so i appreciate even though it's not physical space that's keeping us what well, is metaphorically but like we're not in each other's like i'm not in spain right now you know but the fact that even even with the distance, um, we have still maintained our friendship, and honestly, that's like a precursor now when I meet people who may potentially want to be friends, it's like I know I know what solid sisterhood looks like, and if this ain't it, I don't know if we're gonna be friends now. But we're, you're an acquaintance, yeah. so I put you in the appropriate yeah. box, you it's know. Levels. Or like you're, yeah. there are levels to this, you know. Yeah. So and and that
2: evolves as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. It does. Wow. It does. So I I am so grateful
2: for you. Because even I must say that even if we didn't keep the connection, what we had, oh my gosh, it sounds like a relationship, <laughs> like a romantic relationship. But what we had <laughs> for those six months was so powerful. It <laughs> Was beautiful. It that was even good. if we didn't, <laughs> even if we didn't keep it up, oh like that God. would just
0: right it has stayed
2: with me as proof that it can happen that you can meet soul people because you do meet soul people and some is for a month some it's for years and the quantity of time does not take away from the quality of what you learned yes so i also want to drive that home as
0: well but also i'm glad that we you
2: know that we've been kept together by these spirits.
0: Yeah, no for sure. And honestly, I, nothing is going to tear us apart. I mean, the, the, this is death do us part. Amen. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, yeah, like that's true. that's true. I'm okay with that's that. True. That's, true. <laughs> that's true. That's what this is. From the
2: time is. from the time I was like, yeah, you my cousin, like right, you can't go like, nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit told you me. You stuck with me. Spirit told me. I was like, you, right. you stuck you stuck with me. That's true. Um, you talked about living in two worlds. What is your you're definitely a modern-day Garifuna, and we're going to get to that. But what is your relationship
0: like to tradition? Mm, I love tradition, as crazy as it sounds. Like With all your tarot and crystal goodness? Yeah, even though I love tarot, even though I love... I don't really delve into crystals too much anymore. I think it was a tool that I tried to use that I di- it didn't resonate with me. But I love tradition. I loved being in Honduras, being at the sugar learning even more so about like our customs and rituals and traditions and like it was just so beautiful so even though I've created an essence of spirituality that's specific and unique to me I honor the traditions that we have understanding that if there's ever a moment that we need to pivot add something or take something away that's okay too you know but love 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 tradition because tradition at this point it just keeps me connected to my grandparents and because they're no longer here um it's become more secret because through 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 our traditions it keeps them present yeah tradition
2: is our most tangible connection to our ancestors for real for real we're winding down now um what advice would you give to people searching or struggling with their spiritual journey?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to take myself back to where I was in struggle.
2: Oh, yeah. Take your time.
0: I would tell myself and then telling everyone else that time is so precious and just even in the midst of the struggle, find joy. Hmm. Find joy because the moment will never present itself again. Uh, And in the struggle, there's a lesson. There is a divine lesson that spirits and spirit is trying to communicate to you. That will be necessary on your path of evolution so presence i would say um because presence equates patience it equates faith and faith um is truly divine
1: let go and let god
0: amen let go and let
2: god i gotta say auntie ianla would be so proud of you
0: Oh, I can I cannot wait to meet her. Oh, let's put that in the universe. You will. Oh, I hope so. That would you just will. again once that happens, Lord, take me home. <laughs> like, take me home.
1: No, 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 <laughs> no. Okay, no, no, don't take me home. Keep
0: right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. But that would just be such an <laughs> such an, inc- an insane milestone. Uh anyways, you just yeah. got my heart all fluttery. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and for
2: our listeners who don't know. Iyan- Auntie Iyanla is our reference to Iyanla Van Zant, who is a black healer, priestess, spiritualist person. Her books are very popular. You know, Google her. She's awesome.
1: What makes you a modern day Garifuna?
0: Um, I would say what makes me. Uh, what makes me is my unique ability to love tradition but still... Have my own way, and guide people to their own way as well. I look forward to having kids. I look forward to passing down our traditions. I look forward to telling them stories about my grandparents and helping them make their first altars and teaching them why it's important to lay down food and taking them to Honduras when my grandmother is upset and calls us a good to go. Like I look forward, to, <laughs> <laughs> like. To doing all of that stuff, but I also look forward to teaching them. Don't about... do
2: anything to make her grandmother upset.
0: Yeah, please don't because, ugh, please don't. She but I, I we there's a joke in our family that she's just gonna call it because she wants attention, not because anything is like going down. She just wants her lobsters. That's all.
1: She's just like hey y'all, like I just thought I'd get everybody together.
0: Just that because. that is Margarita. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, but but again, in addition to the Garifuna traditions, I look forward to teaching my kids about tarot. You know, yeah. I look forward to teaching, teaching them about the new and the full moon. And my daughter specifically identifying if she's a red moon or a white moon. Meaning if she's white, if she gets her menstrual along the new moon, and if she's a red mooner, she gets her menstrual cycle along the full moon. Like, I look forward to teaching them um, and
2: how that also evolves because you're not always cool. yeah talk about that a little bit
0: actually i learned that
2: from your podcast but
1: uh, wait
0: yeah. yeah 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 so okay so um i don't know it too intricately i could definitely share something with you all um uh, just the basics more specific <laughs> about it all but um basically it means that so in like traditional ancestral societies women would be categorized based off of if you get your menstrual on the new and the full and it's said that people who get their menstruals or women who get their menstruals along the red moon cycle they were like the priestesses of the society so they were more like energetically inclined spiritually inclined and then they would help everyone else navigate through one their journeys into their menstruals and then when the red mooners or the priestesses were sort of out of commission because their menstruals were so intense. Not only are they going through cramps, they're filling the mountains and the trees and the oceans Uh. and recharging and, you know, gaining greater gifts. It would be the white mooners that would take care of them during that time. So they would become the nurturers. So it was more so like a categorization of one sort of where you were at the time, but then of two, how you're going to support and help your fellow sisters um but when i was going through my initiation i was red moon all the way so full-on like priestess energy now i'm a white mooner and i'm okay with that (laughs) because i'm tired and i want to sit still (laughs) as you should you know so it it changes it changes but yeah i look forward to teaching my granddaughter that i look forward to you know my future partner teaching our kids about Rastafarianism and like indoctrinating them on all things Chronics because he's obsessed.
1: You know, as he has every
0: right to be. Chronics is is that artist and rightly and rightly so. Okay. Yeah. So I look I look forward I look forward to all of that. My life is one big fusion, um, and my spirituality is the same in reference to that fusion. So, yeah, I'm a modern day Garifuna woman simply because I can assimilate I can adjust I can pivot but I can also respect the foundation
2: and you live in the fusion
0: oh I love that that is awesome and it's fun (laughs) the fusion is fun
1: Erica (laughs) Erica is there anything else you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say
0: well the one thing that I would love to say is a lesson that I've been sitting with recently just about this concept of unlearning and and the beauty of unlearning because it allows us to get the get to authenticity. If anyone who's listening, they're struggling with their spirituality journey, if they're struggling with what it means to be Garifuna, what it means to revere and respect ancestors and spirit divine spirit, but then spirits that we may interact with, just be okay with defining what it means to you and what it means for you. And again, always respect the foundation, always respect uh, what it means to be Garifuna in that traditional sense, but understand that we are about to enter 2022 and in entering 2022, there's so much evolution. There's so many shifts. There's so many changes that we have been afforded to grow and evolve and change. So be present, be open, be willing, but also be okay with unlearning because that's okay too. Yes.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for 2022. It's going to be a year of change for me. Yeah.
2: Well, the entire 2022 is my Saturn return, so. uh, uh, But it'll be fun, though. I Uh, I got you, girl. I'm already in it, and I don't (laughs) like it. I'm already in it, and I don't like it. I feel, uh Anyway, this. this is not about me. Erica, where can people find you? Are you still taking clients? How can people connect with
0: you? Yes, so I am still taking clients, if you're in need of my services, which will be an honor to provide, feel free to connect with me um, on Instagram. It's Martinez underscore C for Erica Martinez Close. Or you can find me at bossbruja.com. Uh, if you're interested in listening to the podcast, you can find us on all major streaming services. <laughs> under priestesses prescribe or you can find us on Instagram at priestesses prescribe so you can find me in so many different places I am here to offer up my purpose and my service to all of you and again it's an honor truly
2: and we'll include those links in the show notes so yes and finally what does it mean to you to be Garifuna?
0: um at this point, it means uh it means family it means everything sorry Because um, your grandma loves you again um now your that my loves you. yeah now that my grandparents are not here, it means everything so it's an honor um. Yeah. To be Garifuna, it's an honor to yeah. to have the Martinez last name. I will never get rid of it, um, even when I do get married. It will just be Martinez hyphen whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it means it means it means everything to me, um, and I'm just it's an honor to just have this experience of fusion and connection and what once was a spiritual and identity crisis to now having such clarity to have met the both of you um being god even is so sacred and it's so special community. it's community it, and um at this point it's just it keeps it's keeping me grounded um especially through this grief process mm-hmm. so uh, it's everything amen
2: Thank you, Erica, for sharing your story with us and being so vulnerable. And I didn't know her, but your grandmother is definitely cheering you on and being like, yay! The drums are sounding in a good way.
0: In a good way. (laughs) Joyous Joyous drums. In a good way, yeah. She was great.
1: Listening to Garaphan Assistas Talk Spirituality with me, Kylie Simone, and my sister Feroza Cayetano.
2: Featuring our guest, Erica Martinez Close.
1: If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to on. You can follow us on Instagram at GarapinAssistas Podcast, and you can email us at Garrafinassistas at gmail.com. This is an ongoing conversation, so feel free to send us any questions or comments through the Anchor app. Or dropping us a message through our email or social media. Until next time, Bungyu Boma!